Hello, this is Walnut Grove Baptist Church's podcast. We are in Carthage, Texas, and that is in Panola County. Our pastor is Reverend David P. Mitchell, and our Sunday school teacher, our Bible study teacher, is Deacon Glenn Wade. But thank you so much for joining us, and you'll be joining this uh, current episode that's in progress. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We love you. We adore you. We appreciate you. We thank you for all the blessings that restored upon us. Now, Master, we ask that you intervene with us on tonight. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your teaching. Thank you for those that are gathered. In the midst, we ask that we all get an understanding of your word and we'll be able to go out and apply your word to our daily life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 All right. Deacon Wade, your hand. Standing in the gap. This lesson that Jesus has put forth for us tonight, uh, Jesus is nearing the end of his public ministry and his physical life here on earth. And and soon he'll have to go to Calvary and die and be buried, resurrected, and ascend back into heaven. And it'll be our high priest that intercedes for us. Uh, but before he leaves this earth, uh, he sees the condition that his disciples are in. And uh, he knows that they're going to have to face uh, many struggles and difficulties and hardships in, in, the ne- in the next few days. Not only them, but even today, we still face a lot of hardships and struggles. And he knows that they can't do it uh, without divine uh, help. And so Jesus prays for his disciples and for all that will come out and be followers of his in the future. But he prays not that uh, they won't, uh, that he is going to take away these hardships and, uh, and remove their struggles, but he prays that they'll be empowered with, with, with the divine uh, knowledge to be able to endure uh, and succeed even in the midst of the struggle that they're going through. So first thing he did in, in verse 14 is he's, uh, he prays for protection for his followers. He says, I have given them thy word and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. So what Jesus is saying is that I have poured into his, uh, my disciples the doctrine that you have given me to give them. In other words, Jesus was their teacher, and he taught them all that the Father had commanded him and willed him to teach. Uh, His teaching is spiritual in nature, and Jesus never taught anything that that God didn't approve of him to teach. So he has taught them all those parables and... and, uh, Sow of the seed and such examples of where all he had taught them about how uh, the kingdom of heaven is and and uh, how to treat each other. All these he he has taught them, and he acknowledges that uh, the response the world is going to have to him. He says the world has hated them, and uh, he knows that the world. Uh, is 
go, uh, they're going to face some daily struggle just like he did. And and he's prayed for them. And he says the world going to hurt them because they are not of this world. In other words, there's a natural hatred of, of the world against the children of God. Uh, so the reason Christians uh, who practice Christianity do not think like the world, they uh, they don't behave like the world. Their, their principles and teachings is not a, uh, along the world, along with what the world is teaching. So he says, because they are not of the world and, and their thinking is different, uh, they're going to hate them. And he says, even as I am not of the world. So Jesus is letting them know that just like uh, they hated and, and treated me and, and and had a dislike of me for the same reason. They're going to they're gonna, uh, hate my disciples. So he says uh, in verse 15, he gives a prayer for endurance. He says, for I pray not that I should take them out of the world, but that I should keep them from evil. So Jesus knows what's in store for all the sisters and brothers. And that we ought to always pray for our sisters and brothers' ability to handle the hardships that they're going to face, because we're all going to face the hardships as followers of Christ. So he says, I pray not that you take them out of the world. He's not praying for that. I mean, if that's what would have been best for us, uh, yeah, he could have done it, but he he's not praying for that. So he knows this world is put with, filled with hatred and malice and envy, jealousy, corruption, injustice, sickness, disease, murder, and all, all kinds of different things. But Jesus prays that we remain in the midst of such conditions. We're in the midst of a pandemic, but but uh, he prays that uh, that we stay in the midst of it. Not that he wants us to suffer, but but that uh, by going through things we become stronger. Uh, so why does he pray for where we can endure? That if we if we go through some struggles and and have some trials, it gives him the chance to show us the how he cares for us, how his compassion he has for us. Uh, uh, so that's one of the reasons. Another reason is that we are his witnesses to the world. So if he take us out of this, these situations, uh, we can't uh, witness to the world. We are the saints of God. And if he remove us, who's going to do the witnesses? So he needs us to stay here and show people how to get through a, a pandemic. Let them know that we got the faith to pray each and every day and and, and tell people it's going to be all right. Uh, God will make a way. He needs us here, so he don't want to remove us. And then the third reason is these trials and tribulations that we go through, they help to refine us and develop us. If we have a bright, sunny day every day, we don't get any better. But we have to go through some things, and, and when we go through these things in life, they help uh, make us better Christians, make us better people, make us stronger. So he w- he wants us to stay in the midst of these uh, conditions in life, but he wants to endure us to be able to endure them. Uh, and so, sometimes when we have some problems in our life, we we praying that God will take it away from them, and and, and that many times is the wrong prayer. 
the prayer we need to be praying that he'll give you the strength to endure. So it says, uh, but that I should keep them from evil. And the power of Satan is so strong in our lives that, that, that uh, in this world that uh, we need help with it. Uh, we find out that it, from the beginning uh, in the garden, Adam and Eve, Adam Adam was not able to to withstand the, the uh, against the wills of the devil. The devil convinced him to go ahead and eat of the forbidden fruit. So without spiritual uh, empowerment, we won't be able to withstand what the uh, 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 the things that are going to come up on us in this life. So he's he's asking the Lord to to give us the spiritual power to endure whatever uh, the comes in our lives and they are not of this world even as i am not of this world so he states that again not because uh he's repetition but what he, what he's talking about is is that so important to to let us know that if we are not of this world we ought not to behave like the world we ought to be different from that uh, and and what is the world well First thing, the world is many times is, is be a better place is that the world is atheist and that it's people without God. So that's one thing that the world is different from uh, the followers of Christ. The followers of Christ is about God. And second thing is that uh, the world is materialistic. A man walks, lives, and pursues after material things all his life. And if he's lucky, he devotes a little bit of time in seeking God. But that's what the world does. But uh, the followers of Christ should be seeking him, just like the followers of the world is, is seeking material things. We should be seeking to behave like Christ. And one of the third things about the world is that the world is selfish. Uh, man, for the most part, seeks for better himself and only himself. It's only his welfare. You got yours and I get, I got mine and you get yours. So it's not about looking out for other people. But the Christian mentality is that we look out for each other. We are our brother's people. So what the world does and what the uh, uh, followers of Christ do is, is completely different. There are people in, in walking in different directions. So it says, but they are not of the world. Uh, the disciples of Christ will turn their back on the ways of the world. And they must be strong enough to co uh, commit themselves to being like Christ. It's a, it's a self-denying world. Uh, uh, the world is about me, myself, and, and mine, and not about nothing else. So he, the world and, and uh, followers of Christ are, uh, in opposition to each other. Uh, then he says, uh, let's see what I can lost my play. Okay, verse 17. And Jesus pleads uh, for separa uh, separation for his disciples. Then and now, in other words, he says, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. And what he's saying is that sanctified him is a plea to have his disciples empowered and equipped so they would uh, not be any doubt who they belong to. Uh, again, we, we ought to be what 
that you ought to be able to tell that we are the disciples of Christ and not the disciples of this world. And he's talking about to be sanctified. And that, that does not mean that you're perfect. It, it means that uh, he's going to uh, run uh, us pure and cleanse us from sin and set us apart to do the work of Christ. So it's, 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 it's a setting apart. It's a cleansing. It's, it's setting us up to do the work that God has called us to do. And then Jesus tells us how we ought to do that. Is that we're going to do it through the truth. The power of truth can be uh, seen as a fortress against all forms of evil. Uh, the, the word said, the truth will set you free. It's, it's the truth that, that Christ is. He says, I am, I am the truth. Uh, all that he's teaching is about truth. It's not anything that he's going to tell you that they didn't line up with truth. Uh, the Bible from the beginning to the end is all about divine truth. Uh, it is the only book that contained the mind of God. All other books contain the mind of men. But uh, the Bible is all about the truth. And if you study his word, you study the truth. Verse 18 says, And, and thou hast sent me into the world, even as I have sent them into the world. <coughs> Jesus is noting two different special truths here. First one is that he did not do this all on his own. The Father had the right and authority to send him on his mission. And his response was uh, to be obedient to the Father's will. And second, that he has the right and authority to send his disciples on their mission. And the disciples ought to respond and to be obedient to, the, to his will in the same way. We, we we learned that Jesus did not come into the world on, 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 and do this mission on his own authority. He did it on the authority that God had given him. Uh, and so he can't. We can't do the things that God wants us to do without God being in support of it. Uh, we, if we try to do it on our own, even though it might seem right. Uh, we can't do it. We need the support and his favor to do the things that he has ordered us to do. So he says, even as I have sent them into this world, Jesus will not and cannot support any sanction or give his favor to anything we do without his approval. So he has approved for them to do what they are going to do. And says, even so, even so, it's talking about the same amount of nothing added or taken from it. Just like the Lord, uh, God had, had given him a mission to do, he has given his disciples a mission to do. And his mission was to go ye into all the land and preach the gospel uh, and spread the word of God. So we have the same mission, basically, that he had. Uh, his deliverance on the cross is different from ours, but the rest of it is about going forth and spreading the word of God. Verse 19 says, For their sake I, I sanctify myself, that they might also be sanctified through the truth. Jesus is talking about here is, is that uh, he is an important model. And how what do we need a model for? Well, it's, uh, a model shows us how we are to act and what we are to do. So Jesus is the perfect model for us to let us know how to behave in certain situations. Uh, 
uh, little children watch their parents and they learn how to behave. By the same situation, we ought to read the Word of God and learn from the Word of God how, how we ought to behave in, in different situations that we're going to be encountered. We notice that when Jesus encountered the uh, situation, he used the Word of God to defend whatever he was teaching, whatever he was talking about. He didn't argue or cuss nobody or do anything like that. He just quoted scriptures. And we ought to follow that same kind of guideline uh, when we when we when we encounter these things. So we do not we don't come into this world knowing everything, but this model that Christ has given us gives us instruction on what we are and how we ought to do things. Jesus <laughs> chooses to commit to the will of his father. He said, I sanctify myself. <laughs> so this normally uh, means a word to sanctify is to purify or cleanse from sin. But uh, in this situation, this cannot mean the same thing for Jesus because he had no sin. No sin. Uh, Jesus means here that he had to choose to turn his back on evil of this world and totally commit himself to the will of God and the ways of God. Satan tried to tempt him in the, in the, in the wilderness. He took him up 40 days and 40 nights and put all kinds of temptations in front of him. The same kind of temptation that we will to Christ didn't will to him. And he offered him the same thing that, that, that we offered. Uh, he offered him the kingdom. He said, this kingdom, all this can be yours uh, if you wish of me. And, and, and the same thing, the devil puts the same kind of temptation in front of us. But Jesus was able to resist that. So the purpose of Jesus' models that they might be sanctified through truth. Man is at law, is lost without the guidance of God. But Jesus' model shows us the way on which we are to behave in the same time and in the, in the same situation that he's going to. We ought to behave the will of the Father in, in, in the way we react to all kinds of situations. Uh, saying, what would Jesus do? Well, that, think about that when we come into different situations. What situation, what would Jesus do? Uh, he, he wouldn't do a lot of the things that I, I, I probably would do because he has the divine guidance and he calls upon uh, the spiritual justice to do whatever he's going to do and not anything else. And would, you would never, I'm nowhere about I ever read what Jesus said, something like we always say, it, it felt good at the time. Uh, that is not in Jesus' vocabulary to say it feels good at the time. It either right or it's wrong or it's spiritually right or, or it's, and, and not, and there's no other way around it. So he's using divine uh, inspiration when he makes decisions, when he conducts himself. So he said, neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through the word. So when he's praying, he's not just praying for uh, those Peter and John and James, the, the disciples that he's talking that uh, he's talking to the apostle that was followers of his. But he's talking about all of us, even to this day. Uh, so he says, uh, "Neither I pray for these alone, but for them which shall come on me through thy word." So. Uh, He's already prayed for us, even back then, uh, 
for the present and the future believers, even the believers that ain't born yet. He's already prayed for them because he, he is eternal God. And he says, believe on me through thy word. The word uh, is, is not speaking of the word of man, but rather he's speaking of, of man speaking the truth of God. So it isn't talking about what we we would normally say uh, when he says uh, believe through the word. He's talking about the word of God. The word of God is a, is the power of God. Word that man has, has can draw from Christ. The power of God would not diminish, and uh, with time, God's word is eternal, and so the words will. Uh, it's the same scripture that. Uh, somebody like uh, Isaiah read many years ago can still be applied. Uh, you can call on his holy name. It doesn't, the word of God does not fade over a period of time. And so the same thing that John or Peter or Andrew could call on, we can still call on those words. We can still use those words today. So the word of God are sacred words, powerful words, convicting words. Uh, so many times we talk about things we need to 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 draw people to to church but it's the word of god that draws people uh you can put on all kind of little things but it's the word that, that is a light on our feet uh and a light that lights our path so what how are we at walking and in, in, in the path we follow it's the word that that's leading us uh so all we really need is the word of god so verse 21 says, is a prayer for unity for Christians. He says that they are all may be one as thy father art in me and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. So he's talking uh, talking about that they all may be one. And, and in other words, he's saying that it is, as it relates to the will of God, the word of God, the way of God, and the timing of God. And we obey these directives uh, without being on different accord. In other words, it's the meaning of that word is that we are unity. We are we are unified. We all want a card. So we all are doing the will of God in, in the same respect. Uh, love one another as Christ loves us. So if you are uh, the first part of that is that we all be one, is that we all be unified and, and have one way or one. We can think different, but that I think it might be that we come to the same conclusion. Uh, we might think about it a little bit different ways, but we all uh, come to the same understanding. As though Father art in me and I indeed that they also may be one in us. Uh, there's a sign, unbroken relationship between God the Father and God the Son. So we ought to have that same kind of relationship. This relationship is based on divine assignment of Jesus that was given to him by the Father. Uh, so uh, we can see that uh, Jesus is subject to the Father in all things. Thus their relationship is based on unity. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's a unifying trio. Uh, and, but their, their relationship is also spiritual. 
and that the Father in me and I in thee. Uh, God is a spirit. The nature of their relationship is a spiritual nation. Uh, their relationship is uh, is unified, but not equal. Jesus uh, lets you know that they can have the same kind of understanding, but they're not equal. Jesus gives recognition to the Father. There's certain things that they ask Jesus about, like when the end of time is going to come. He said that's reserved for the Father. Uh, and and he, he does the Father's will. So even though they are unified as one, uh, the Father is still the head of the the the, the, uh, the trilogy. So uh, unity does not uh, mean means that they're all on one accord. And he says, "In the glory which thou hast given me, I have given them that they may be one, even as we are one." So he's he's saying here that when God blesses us in some special way. We ought to send that same uh, uh, blessing to others who are traveling the same path that we are traveling. So Jesus is passing on some of the uh, what the Father has given him. He's passing on to others. They said that they may be one even as we are one. Uh, the unity Jesus stressed is to be accomplished the same way that is accomplished with him and the Father. So he says that even as uh, means the same manner without any variation. In other words, him, we ought to be able to uh, get along and function the same way him and the Father gets along. Because we're created in their image. So we ought to be able to do the same thing that they do. And that uh, they are able. We should be able. And I in them and, and I in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me and has loved them as though as thou hast loved me. They may be perfect in one. Christian unity has to be, it's, it's not this, uh, something that happens overnight. Christian unity is a process and not an act. Christian unity has to be developed, worked on, established until it reaches a height that's best for us. Christian unity will be a lifetime responsibility of teaching and training. Perfect unity does not happen overnight. We have to work on uh, unity. Uh, and that the world may know that thou has sent me and has loved them as though has loved me. First, the world may come to know that Jesus was sent by God, the Father, uh, as the promised Messiah. And second, that the world may come to know that God, the Father, loved them as he loved the Son. So he says, I get, uh, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. Whosoever ever believed in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. So, is all tied up in the verses that he's speaking. And then the ultimate benefit of being a disciple of Christ, he says, Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which has give you, which thou has given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. 
Jesus expresses his heartfelt desire. He says, Father, I will that thy, that they also, that thou has, whom thou has given me, be with me where I am. In other words, Jesus doesn't ask for anything that's out of line with what the Father is, is uh, able to do. So he's, he's speaking of, of uh, the assurance of his followers being with him in heaven. And Jesus desires his followers to witness his glory and state of his kingdom, that they may behold my glory, which thou hast given me. The word behold means to participate and enjoy. Jesus wants his disciples to witness the honor and dignity bestowed on him by the Father, whom he would be exalted on the right hand. So he wants us to be able to come to be in heaven. We're gonna we're gonna have our crown. We're gonna cast at his feet, and we're gonna see him as as our uh, high priest sitting on the right hand of God, and we can worship him day and night. And so that song says, "Saying, Holy, Holy, Holy." Another proof of his eternal existence uh, of the Son of He's the Son of God that Jesus existed. He says before the creation of the world. And he was in the beginning and the cause of the beginning. The scripture said, uh, John said, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And all things that were uh, created was created by him and nothing that was created was, that was created was not made without his, his consent. So Jesus was there at the beginning of time. So he existed before the creation of the world. And, and and we we should know that if he existed before the creation of the world, he is our a Messiah, our Savior, and all these he's expressing in this in this uh, lesson today that God wants us to submit our lives to Christ and be His disciples, indeed, so that the world may come to know that we are the children of God, that God loves us all, and that God sent Jesus into this world to pay the price for the sins of the world. So if we are to be his disciples and line up with his teaching, uh, uh, B.S. Peter and Paul and the rest of the apostles were, uh, we are already prayed for. We, we've already got the instruction. The Bible is his instruction on how we are to behave and how we are to act. We, and this was mandated before the foundation of the world. And that's all I got. This. Amen. Okay. Uh, great lesson, but teacher. I, uh, when I was looking at this here, I want y'all to help me out. It's kind of a question form I'm asking. In the first outline, he said, petition for the disciples. Second outline is said, petition for all believers. Can you be a disciple without being a believer? I'm asking. No. I'm not a true believer, I don't think. Can anybody help me out? Uh, Sister Midgey, okay. Anybody? I'm asking a question. I'm going somewhere. So this is Anthony. I would say that you have to 
believe, I mean, to me, being a disciple means you're being led by. So if, in order to be led by something, you'd have to be believing first. But, uh, and I think that's similar to what you mentioned on Sunday. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What I'm saying is he was talking to us, first of all, because we all are disciples. And yes, a lot of us are doing the work and some of us are not really believing what we're doing. And a lot of times we, in certain cases, that's a lot of us. We may do the work, but we're not really believing. And that's why I'm saying he told us that he petitioned, he's talking to, he was standing in the gap for the, uh, the disciples. And as you had said, he was leading them, he was teaching them. Then when you go over to your second outline, he said that petition to all believers. So have you been led, and in, in, in like Deacon Wade said earlier, if you've been led by the Spirit and you've been uh, taught by the Word of God and it has convicted you in your spirit, then you have become a believer. You believe because you have been taught in the Word. Do, is that making any sense to anybody? Mm-hmm. Huh? Yes, sir. It is the Word that, that convicts us. Right, right. So, so we we are, we are, we are disciples. Sometimes, how can I put it in a, in a uh, term? Sometimes we go and have cops. We don't have the real bullets. We got rubber bullets in our guns until we really get it in us. Until we get it rooted in us, and then we believe what we're teaching and what we're uh, profess to be teaching somebody else to lead them to Christ. We are then we are the believers. I believe in this lesson. The first outline, he was talking to the disciple, which is, yes, it's all of us, but it was some in there that did not believe. Remember, Thomas was with him and did not believe also until he had to show Thomas stuff. Okay. Uh, I, I think there's different stages that we're going through. It's a process. And, mm-hmm. and, 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 and as we go through, the, uh, get stronger and stronger in our belief, Right. Uh, we 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 we're able to understand more and more. Sometimes we think we understand, but we don't. So there you go. Uh, that's the that's where the process of teaching come in, in involved. In. Uh, uh, I I I think one time uh, Doctor Wall asked something similar to that, and my response to him is that so many people join the church or come to Christ because somebody hooped them up. And made them feel real good. That made them come. Uh-huh. But to me, what keeps them there is the study of the word. Right. And, uh, that 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 good hoop Sunday that 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 got everybody to feeling good and everybody ran and I'm gay. They 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 uh, laughed to Christ. That's that's great. But to keep them coming back, they got to get in the word. Right. Because that, that good hoop feeling that only lasts for a while, that the uh-huh. word stays with you. And, uh-huh. and so that's what he's telling them, that they, it's the word, the teaching of the word that's going to keep them and in and, uh, and the place that he needs them to be. Because without the teaching of the word, uh, people stray away. Right. That, that, that That's basically what I'm saying. To help us out, you you got to hit it on the head because, and then I can go further back and 
some of you all may be a witness to. Uh, when I was a little boy, I call it uh, on the morning's bench. My grandmama told me, do not take the chair until you see a sign. And, and, and I never did see a sign. I got stuck there because I, I didn't see a sign. I guess I wasn't praying for a sign. A sign never did come. But as I grew older, it's not the sign. The Bible said in Romans 10, if thou believe in thy heart and confess with thy mouth that God Jesus had raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. It didn't say nothing about no sign. So this is what I'm saying here this, tonight. You know, great lesson, great standing in the gap. And, and first of all, as the disciples, we get worked on because we are still planted, getting a seed planted in us because that'll make us some believers because uh, I could talk to you all day long and tell you that uh, I, I, I can, I can uh, hit that bullseye. If you don't never see me and, and I don't ever get a chance to show you that I hit the bullseye, you, you, you just still going to go on my word. But then you get it planted and you see that it happened. Then you can say, I, I believe now. So in other words, we, it's, like you said earlier, it's steps that we're going through as believe as disciples and believers. So, you know, we all uh, should be believers after we've been worked on and worked through. We're not, we're not going to be able to stand in the gap if, if, if we're not filled with the word and with the spirit and with the understanding. Uh, I, I can, can remember uh, especially on our own job that I am, that, that somebody, uh, some young person maybe uh, went to church uh, a time or two, and, and, and they maybe they came to the break room and they started uh, talking about the good experience they had in the Word uh, at church. And there are some people, and I think that's kind of what Christ is talking about in, in this uh, lesson. Uh, kind of some of it I mean not all of it is on that but some of it is on that and that those people who weren't believers would get on that person and oh lord we've got a holy roller among us uh he went to work church one time he's no better than that yeah 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 and they would go on and on and, and before long that person wasn't able to to withstand what they are talking about. And Jesus is saying, to be standing in that gap, you're going to need the word. You're going to need to be prayed up. You're going to have to have divine intervention. You're going to have to be able to to understand what you're talking about. He says, I done taught you the word. And he had taught his disciples the word. Uh, and so you're going to have to pull back on that and, and, and quote that word back to him. And sometimes you, you, you want to come to the person defense. Uh, and many, many times we we Christians didn't come to their defense fast enough uh, to get them out of that situation. But 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 they wasn't ready for what them people were trying to uh, throw on them because the devil don't want him to go back to church. And, and if he listened to them, uh, them, that time that he went, they done convinced him not to go. But he needs to keep going back so he'll be able to defend what he's doing. He needs to be able to stand in that gap and let him know I am a child of God. And I say this because I know the word. And I know what Jesus is trying to get me to do. And I know what I need to do. And I got scripture here that I can quote and tell you. 
and I, I and, and that's what I think Jesus is trying to some of what he's trying to get these guys to know. Because otherwise, uh, we can't withstand what they're what they're doing to us. But if we are his disciples, and he Jesus says that uh, he's poured his word into them, his doctrine into them, that these these guys ought to know how to defend themselves, how to behave, how to how to fight this world. Uh, that's how Jesus fought the devil. The devil said. <laughs> uh, uh, Turn that those stones into bread. Jesus tell me I don't live by bread alone, but by the word of God. That every word of God that comes out of my mouth—that's what I live by, not by bread. Uh, so he have to, you have to be able to say those kind of things back to them. Uh, otherwise, you get caught up and you're not able to defend yourself. But but if Jesus didn't know that, and, and the devil was going to get him. He would have he would have got him and said, "Why don't you jump off this pinnacle?" Jesus said, "Don't need to do that." And then he tells him that I give you all the things that you just wish of me. Jesus told him, "I wish of God and only God, not you." I'm paraphrasing, of course, he said a little different, but I'm paraphrasing. But that's what I think he wants us to be able to do: be able to defend the word of God. Any other comments? This is Anthony. I, I have just another comment. Um, I, you know, I think about it in terms of application. Um, you know, I, I have to thank my wife. She's very uh, good at, uh, you know, when things are, when people are facing challenges or, um, you know, if she's going through or whatever, you know, she, she, she prays for people. And, you know, it's inspired me to pray for people. Um, I think, you know, my daughter prays for people. Um, you know, I just think, who can we be interceding for, whether it's current believers or future believers, um, you know, whether it's somebody at your job, like some of us teach, whether it's our students, um, you know, family member, you know, there maybe someone who is not doing what they need to do and they need they you know that are they're facing challenges they, they you know only god can help them get through um who do we need to be interceding on behalf um and i just throw that out to god you know maybe you don't have to name people in in particular but it's just you know how do we apply this you know day to day Uh, you, you asking me or you want somebody else to... that's for everybody anybody who wants to respond well to, to me it applies to anybody uh, I need I need you uh, people prayer for me every day because uh, I'm going through them situation all the time. I, I think we all need to pray for each other because uh, uh, we are we are one. We should be all be one. The followers of Christ should all be one. That's what he said. We ought to be unified on one accord. And, and we're going to have to pray for each other uh, because 
uh, we can't withstand the wills of the devil without divine intervention. And that's where prayer comes in. He tells us that in this lesson. Let's just know that we can't do it on our own. Uh, that he's praying for his disciples. That, that they, In other words, the scripture says uh, we can do nothing on our own, but we can do all things through Jesus Christ who strengthened us. So it's through his, his strength that we are able to do any of the things that we do. Uh, so we, we need to be praying for each and every one of us need to be praying for each other. Uh, and for the ones that that's in the world, we need to pray for them because hopefully somewhere in there, they're going to become followers too. But it is only by them uh, seeing the model that we are projecting that, that they might change. Hopefully they might see something about the followers that'll make them change the way they, they view things. Uh, but we got to put on a, be different from them. In other mm -hmm. words, he talked about it a little bit in this lesson that they are no his followers because his followers won't have the same uh, behavior as the followers of the world. Any other comments? I guess that's it, Pastor. Amen. Thank you all tonight uh, for a wonderful lesson, Standing in the Gap. Thank you, Sister Kelsey, for sharing with us on tonight and all the rest of you all. And Sister Anthony, uh, Brother Anthony's mother, thank you all for you tonight. Amen. And thank God for all of you. Uh, thank you, Deacon Wade, for a uh, great lesson. Uh, I just want to say, uh, let us pray for Sister Louise. Uh, talked with her, Sister Louise Roberts. I talked with her. She was on in the hospital on last night, but she went on home today. So she did ask that we continue to pray for her, that the Lord will continue to strengthen her body and in the name of Jesus. And just pray for everybody because we all are standing in need of prayer. Uh, just for about two minutes, I, I just want to share this with the church that uh, iron sharpened iron. And I want to tell you that uh, when I left class on Monday night, I was like, wow. And I was like, uh, it's just amazing how things come to you and how the scripture will help you. Uh, we know we had said that. Uh, it's two things that we uh, that the Lord will forgive you for. We said some of us are blasphemy against the Holy Ghost and self murder. Well, the Scripture said self. Uh, the Scripture said blasphemy, and and uh, but you can't be forgiven for self murder. Simple reason is, and I'm not going. I'm just going to give you just a shaving. Simple reason is that we kill our body daily because we sinned daily. Our body is the temple, but God will forgive us of our sin. And when we find out that we are hurting the body and we're hurting our soul, we ask God. That's why we go to him in prayer. And this one thing right here, I, 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 I'm still feasting on it, and I, I, I'm still, and I called Brother Chris today, and I gave him some scripture that it blew my mind. And it tells us, uh, it told us on Monday night, 
that uh, God does not see sin. And I tell you, the whole class was wondering, where is he going with that? God does not see sin, but God hears sin. Remember that God, we are the sinner. He hates the sin that we do, but he loves us as sinners. Remember that he died, and the Bible teaches us that he died for our sin. And remember this uh, scripture. I'm not going to go too deep because I don't want to mess anybody up. He covers us of our sin. He he cover our sin. He cover our sin. He put it in the sea of forgiveness and won't remember to bring it up no more. But he said that uh, God does not see sin, but he hears sin. And when you get in your spare time, I'm going to leave it alone. When you get in your spare time, uh, look up the word atonement and re- uh, redemption. Those two words will help you realize that God does not see sin, but God hears sin. And one more thought. God don't have to touch you to hear you. And that's, it, it helps you with that because God can speak a word. And he can hear you. He don't have to touch you to hear you. I leave that alone tonight, but I just want to share that with you. It, it blew my mind. I got a lot of scripture, and I couldn't hold it. I, I shared it with the wife, and I shared it with Brother Chris, and he was amazed with me too. But I gave him more scripture. So y'all pray for us. We're 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 learning more. Amen. Amen. Uh, amen. Anybody else have anything else? Equal way, you have anything else? No, sir. All right. If there's nothing else, Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We adore you again. We thank you. We ask to look upon the sick, shedding and bereaved family. We ask if it be thy will, touch Sister Louise right now. She asked for special prayer on tonight. We ask that you just uh, do what you do. And we ask that you cover her under the blood of Jesus. Touch right now. Heal right now in the name of Jesus. Father God, someone here on tonight needs you for prayer. Someone needs you for a financial blessing. Someone needs you for everything. We ask that you just cover them right now in the precious name of Jesus. Bless our home. Bless our church. Bless it. Just bless us any way you can. And Father God, we're going to carefully give you the name, praise, and glory for it all. Now may the grace of God, sweet communion of the Holy Spirit, rest, rule, and abide with hence now and forevermore, shall we all say. Amen. Amen. God bless you tonight. Amen. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. God bless Good night. you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Walnut Grove Baptist Church podcast. If you feel led to do so, you can leave a gift at bit.ly slash walnutgrovegiving. Thank you so much, and we'll see you in the next episode.